the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, ladies. Welcome to Open My Eyes. I'm Lori Wilburn. Psalm 92.5 says, How great are your works, O Lord. Your purposes are very deep. It's easy to praise God when things are going well, but what about when things are going oh so wrong? Sometimes we can get blindsided by a job loss or a devastating diagnosis. Perhaps you live with a loved one who's battling addiction. Often that little voice in our head tells us, I never thought that following Christ would look like this. Beloved, there are going to be many circumstances in our lives when our trust in God's work will be tested. Elizabeth Elliot said, Either we are adrift in chaos, or we are individuals created, loved, upheld, and placed purposefully exactly where we are. Can you believe that? Can you trust God for that? To learn more, visit my blog at corechurchla.org. God's point is, live upright. Do what my word says and be happy. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Hey, we're picking up again in the study This is part two. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 22, and I entitled this message, A New Standard. Now, every phase of life that you and me go through, we have to adapt to a new standard. Every people group on planet Earth, every aspect of humanity is subject to rules and standards, which begs this question. If we know this, Why do so many people completely disregard the rules of God that he has established for his own creation to live by? I mean, it's all practical. You're thinking, well, of course. But then why aren't we doing that? Then the Bible just spells it out for us, which brings up our point, plain than pain. So let's read it. Exodus 22, 16. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged, and he lies with her, having sexual relations, he must pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him because he's a scumbag, he shall pay money equal to the dowry for virgins. Okay, so like, wow, God just throws that in the midst of talking about oxes and eating your neighbor's front yard and all of this. And now all of a sudden we're talking about guys that are going out and, you know, uh, having sexual relations with girls. So we have the player here seducing a young woman. They're not married, but they had a one night stand. Or maybe they've been dating for a little bit and all of a sudden they decide to start getting sexually active before marriage. 
Now, because in America, we've had the sexual revolution going on since the mid-60s, some will just completely dismiss this immediately, like, oh, really? Like, who doesn't have sex before marriage? I mean, like, come on, like, everybody's having sex before marriage, which is not true, but many are, I will give you that. But we can't, you're saying we can't have sex outside of marriage? And this is a serious sin with God? Yes, it's an absolute, very serious sin with God. So it doesn't matter what's been happening here since the mid-60s into the 70s and 80s and all of this. It doesn't matter. What's the penalty? You're saying that a person having sex outside of marriage can't go to heaven? You're saying that, that, you're saying that God is really going to keep somebody out of heaven because of a marriage certificate, because of a piece of paper? You're telling me that you could be a good person and an upright person and you're having sex outside of marriage and God's not going to let you go to heaven because of that? Yes, absolutely. God holds this as one of the highest things. He's like, you will not go to heaven. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, he says the adulterer, the person who's having relations with someone outside of their own spouse will not go to heaven. The, someone says anyone who's a fornicator and someone that's not married and they're having sexual relations will not go to heaven. If you're a homosexual, you will not go to heaven. And he goes on and it includes, you know, if you're a thief and you're a drunkard and all of these other things. But I mean, think about that. It's like, are you serious? God would keep someone out of heaven? Absolutely. Deuteronomy 22 gives us even more details on this subject. So we're in Exodus 22. You go to Deuteronomy chapter 22, which is still in the Torah, the law of God. He gives us this. He says, if a couple are caught having sex and one of them is married, they're both to be taken to the edge of the city and killed instantly. This is how much God thought about this. He's like, I don't want that at all to be ever among you. If a girl is attacked by a man and forced to have sex, that man is to die immediately. Too bad that's not still in place today. We should be following the word of God and protecting our women. You rape a woman, you die instantly. How about that? See, we should be following exactly what the word of God says here. If a woman is engaged and she's having sexual relations with someone else other than her fiance, they are both to be put to death immediately. If a couple are caught having sexual relations, then the man is to give a dowry. Now, this was standard procedure. Like, you want a, you want a wife? You have to go to the parents, and you have to give a dowry for her, okay? So the, the common amount for a dowry was like 50 shekels of silver. So you had to come in and, and give 50 shekels of silver. But if you're caught having sex with this man's daughter, well, you had better marry her, buddy boy. And it's like, you got to come up with at least 50 shekels. But it's not just 50 shekels. It's whatever the father demanded. Hey, my daughter here, she's not a 50 shekel girl. She's a 150 shekel girl. Okay. So you got to pay whatever the dad says. Now, if the dad is just so mad, like, I can't believe you came in and you stole my daughter's virginity. Now, obviously it takes two to tango here, right? 
But still, it's the man's responsibility to walk upright before God. The dad could say, you're a scumbag. And he could look at that young man and said, you know, I can't believe that you would take my daughter and you would sin against God, but you drag my daughter into sin against God and have sex with her. He could just look at you and say, you're a worthless dog and I'm not giving you my daughter. It's it. Get out of my face. The point is obvious here. God puts a humongous emphasis on purity, keeping pure until we're married. Remember, to not keep pure in this area is sin against God. And for those of you who are single, hey, look, I I didn't say, no one said this was easy. I was single at one point, okay? It's like, this is not easy, okay? But understand, it will tell a lot about the character of the person you're dating. So if you're dating someone and they're, you know, always knocking on the door to have sex, or maybe you've already given into this. Look, the good news is, well, the bad news is obvious. God hates this. The good news is you can be forgiven, and you can stop, and you can say, you know what? We're going to put the Lord first in our relationship here, but if you're one of the spouse, or, you know, one of the two people here are not willing to uh, hold off in this area until they get married, if you're not willing, what does that tell you about the character of that person? Because not only are they willing to sin before God, like I'm willing to sin before God, but it's not just that. I'm willing to drag you down with me to sin against God. So what does that tell you, girls? I mean, it's like, it's like when you think about the magnitude of that, like, like you're willing to sin yourself, okay, but you're willing to drag me down with you to sin. And then what is that? What, where is this marriage going to go at that point? Like if that's the foundation of your marriage, then what kind of a marriage are you going to have? Is it going to be a great marriage? Or is it going to be like, well, maybe not so great. And maybe this person isn't trustworthy in the first place. Which brings up, what, you know, what, before we get to our final point, let me just, let me just say this. Look, this is an area that's just out of control in America, as we know. But it's like, it doesn't matter how much you failed in this. You can always stop and say, you know what? From this point on, we're going to do right. From this point on, we're going to do right. You know, get married. You know, do it the right way. Now, bringing up our final point, establishing order. Let's read what it goes on to say in verse 18. You shall not allow a sorcerer to live. That's pretty blunt. Uh, whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death. That's pretty blunt. Uh, Verse 20, he who sacrifices to any God other than the Lord alone shall be utterly destroyed. You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And you shall not afflict any widow or orphan. If you afflict him, a widow or an orphan at all, and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. And my anger will be kindled, and I will kill you with a sword. Wow. Okay. And your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. If you lend money to my people, so this is like a believer lending money to another believer, uh, to the poor among you, you are not to act as a creditor to him. You shall not charge them interest. Verse 26, if you ever take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, his coat, you are to return it before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering. It is his cloak for his body. What else shall he sleep in? And it shall come about that when he cries out to me, I will hear him, for I am gracious. 
You shall not curse God, nor curse a ruler of your people. You shall not not delay the offering from the harvest and your vintage, the firstborn and your sons, and you shall give to me. And you shall do the same with your uh, oxen and with your sheep. And it shall be with its mother seven days, and on the eighth day you shall give it to me. And you shall be a holy men to me and therefore you shall not eat of the flesh torn to pieces in the field you shall throw it to the dogs okay well again a whole plethora of things here but again god has given us multiple examples of kind of the same thing that there's always going to be something that we can learn from this that is exactly where we're at today so it's a mouthful But God, again, is setting a standard for his people to live by, a standard that everyone will live by. First in verse 18, all sorcerers are to be put to death. Okay, boom. Again, that's pretty straight up. Is that anyone that would lead people astray is who he's talking about from those seeking the Lord, for seeking the Lord for the cares and the needs of their life. So all psychics, All fortune tellers are to be done away with. God will judge them. Every time I have someone ask me to tell my fortune, they'll, I mean, I don't know if this has happened to you much, but it's happened to me actually multiple times in my life. People come up, oh, can I read your palm? And people, hey, want to read your fortune? You'll be walking down the sidewalk. There'll be one of those psychic places. They'll be standing out front. Why don't you come in and we'll tell you your future and what have you. And I mean, it's happened to me, I'd say maybe almost 10 times in my life. It just, you know, occasionally every two, three years, just something comes up. And every time I tell them, well, look, you know, I already know my past, my present, and my future. I don't need you for anything. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, my past. You know, I was lost, completely deceived by my own sin. I was separated from God. You know, that was my past, okay? I was a dog, and I just lived in sin. My present, oh, man, Jesus Christ, he saved me by his grace. My sins have been completely forgiven. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of promise, sealed by his mercy, and he will never, ever leave me or forsake me. Oh, my future? Oh, man, I'll tell you about my future. I'm secure in Christ. I've been justified. I've been made just as if I've never sinned. I have the hope of heaven living inside of me. And when I die one day, I'm going to go directly into the presence of God where I will be a joint heir with Christ and a joint inheritor of all of heaven, all because of what Jesus did for me. Amen. You know, understand, no believer needs a fortune teller. No believer needs a psychic, or we don't have to keep up with a daily horoscope. If you're doing those things, stop. You don't need any of that. Our relationship is with God, and it's all we need. And in case we didn't already know this, look at verse 19 again. We can't have sex with an animal, okay? So no cows, no camels, no anteaters, and no dogs, okay? You can't have sex with an animal. And, and, and those that did, what does it say? They were put to death. Wow. Why? Because God didn't want to allow any perversion to even start because God knows humanity. 
We have a very addictive heart, you could say. No matter how much we get, we always seem to want just a little bit more, no matter what sin we get into. That's like why we have all these pot stores now. I think they just legalize pot just like they can tax something else and make more tax money. Who knows? But we got a pot store in the corner right over here. We got another cannabis store right over here. I mean, just two of them within 200 feet of ourselves here. And it's like, but whenever you get into something, whatever drug it is, it's always a beginning. And then you have to get more and more stronger drugs, more and more alcohol, you know, pornography, more and more. No, whatever it is, whatever that vice is, no matter how much you get, it's never enough. God knows this. He knows what makes us tick. He's only trying to protect us from ourselves. Verse 20 says, we cannot sacrifice or serve any other gods. Why again? Well, there are no, there are no other gods. There's only God. The only other being that has any kind of power, which is a limited power, is Satan, who used to be a high-ranking angel. So he's an eternal being. He's a spiritual being. So he's got power. So there could be things that people worship and, you know, something moves or something happens, something supernatural. Well, that's just Satan moving. But there is no other gods. There's only one God. And if you do worship another God or some other thing, you will lose your life, he says. Verse 21, we're not to oppress strangers. We are to be kind to those that are around us. Why is that? Because we are to treat others as we would want them to treat ourselves. I like what Jesus said in John 13, 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you would love one another, even as I have loved you, that you would also love one another. He says, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So if you don't have love for another, then they're not going to know that you're his disciples. So we, you know, God wants us to love one another, but he never wants us to compromise his word. You know, we're to love them and we're to kindly show them uh, what God's word says and how we're called to live. Yes, the way we treat others is a testimony, though, of how committed we are to our Savior. Verse 25 says, if we loan money to a fellow Christian, if they're another believer, we are not to charge them interest, period. So if you can't loan money without charging interest, then don't loan it to a Christian. Now, you can loan it to a non-Christian and charge interest, but not to a Christian. And that's what God's word says here. And then verse 29 to verse 31 says, we're to bring our gifts to the Lord, the first fruits, the first of every womb, our children, animals, produce, it's all God's. And that's why God tells us in his word, you know, you've robbed me. You haven't brought in the gifts to me. Now, I was just talking to a guy on a job site just a couple days ago. And uh, he was telling me how, you know, I was sharing Christ with him. And he was sharing with me how he went to this church. And his very first time there, the pastor called him aside. It's his first time to church. He was invited by a neighbor. And the pastor called him aside and says, how much money do you make? You have to give this much money out of your paycheck. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, are you serious? I mean, like, uh, like why would you do something like that? Now, For a committed Christian, God calls us to give 10% of our income. But it's like, we don't have, you know, wallet cams here on every chair. (laughs) What's in your wallet? (laughs) We know. No, no, it's like, so this is what God calls. But it's like, that's when 
you are ready to become that committed believer. And it's like, that, that's why we never pressure people for money here. It's like, that's between you and the Lord. It's like, this is what God requires. If you don't want to give it, then don't give it. But if you, if you want to do what God wants to do, then do what he says to do. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, 9, he says, those who are uh, 6, 9, he says, those who sow sparingly or you give to the God sparingly, well, then God will give back to you sparingly. But if you give to God abundantly, then God will give to you abundantly, you know? So that's what he says, you know? But that needs to be a decision between you and the Lord. And you always know when someone is ready to really get serious in their relationship with the Lord because they give their wallet over. They say, well, Lord, whatever you say, that's what I want to do. But that's in your timing, you know? Don't do it because someone pressures you and you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to go to church and have to fight off the offering plate. You know, like don't ever think that way. Uh, but this is how the temple is ran. This is how the sanctuary is ran. This is how God's church is ran. It's by the free will gift offerings of God's people. But what's the bottom line here in chapter 22? We're to do what's right. You mess something up, you fix it. You steal something, you pay it back. You know, it's like, you know, you, 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 your, your child does something wrong, you go and fix it. Your dog chews up something, you, you give restitution. It's just do what's right. Live without any reproach. Be honest and upright before God and man. And by doing so, we will have the Lord's blessings on us. I wonder after seeing God's standard here again in chapter 22, you know, if there's anything in our life that needs to be changed. Is there anything going on that like, you know what? I need to fix this or I messed something up with a neighbor and I never did give restitution. My dog chewed up something and I never did fix it. My kids broke something with my neighbor and I never went back to them. Now look, if you go to your neighbor and say, man, I'm really sorry, man. How can we fix this? They say, hey, don't worry about it. Well, then don't worry about it. But we should always try to fix it. I mean, the bottom line here is God wants to bless you. See, this is, this is the, you have to get to like the bottom line. What is the bottom line? Here's all these new standards that God wants us to live by. But what's the reason? God says, if you live by these, I'll bless your life. Who doesn't want to be happy? Who doesn't want to be blessed? Isn't that what we all want in life? There's a great chapter in Deuteronomy 28. We'll end with this. And it's the, the Joel scene chapter of just the blessed chapter okay he would love this chapter at least he would love the first 14 verses because the first 14 verses says if you live by my word and you obey my word and usually people kind of skip through that part and he goes if you do what i tell you to do i will bless you when you go in your house i'll bless you when you come out of your house i'll bless your fields i'll bless your animals i mean i'll bless 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 i mean for 14 verses think about that 14 verses i will bless you 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 i mean this is like the positive confession guys dream come true chapter until you get to verse 15 then for the next 54 verses, I mean, the, the, the chapter 68 verses long, that's a long chapter. I mean, it's like for the next 54 verses, he says, but if you do not live by my word, if you do not live by my commands, my statutes and everything I've asked you to do, then you will be cursed in your house. You'll be cursed in your field. You'll be cursed. Your animal, your dog will be cursed. I mean, everything's cursed for 54 verses. God's point is, Live upright. Do what my word says. 
and be happy. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Wilber from Core Church, Los Angeles. In John chapter 5, Jesus asked a man who had been sick and lame for 38 years, Do you wish to be well? What kind of a question was that? I'm sure he said, Of course I wish to be well. Why are you even asking me a question like that? Yet not all wish to be well. Let me ask you, do you wish to be well? Do you wish to have the blessings of God unfold in your life? Many would say yes, but let me ask you this. Are you willing to embrace God's word? Are you willing to grow in your faith? Are you willing to give up areas of compromise that have crept back into your life? Are you willing to die to your own desires and aspirations? Because that's his calling for each of us. If we wish to be well, today is a new day. Let's turn from our vices. Let's get serious with our gracious Savior. Let's rise up as men and women of God and let's shine his glory in this dark world we live in. Check us out at corechurchla.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.